Oh, there it is. Okay. He's half of a bitch. Where? Okay, here we go. I didn't even roll mm. up yet. I think I got him. Yeah, but that's what I was saying. Like, oh, you sound better. You hear it now? Miss Bird, Miss Bird, I know you and Best Friend been down there cutting up, mm -hmm. cutting the fuck up. I was like, tell these hoes I would be there in a minute. He's talking about she's prepared. I'm like, nigga, don't be telling them I'm doing the most over here. Shit, they gonna be Miss Bird is still a makeup. I'm like, <laughs> right, right. Beyonce with a bitch looking like a whole Miss Talent right will be coming now. soon. Talent coming out soon. Mm. So this we is part. Two part two follow up to lingerie conversations with the lovely conversation <laughs> with the lovely. I kind of made that sound like irritate you this entire time. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna cut up. I was not prepared. You know he's gonna cut up. Mm -hmm. You won't have to prepare. You, yeah. We should have gave that disclaimer. But we had such a lovely conversation with the lovely Miss Bird that we had to have a part two. And we had to bring our brother Eli on the conversation for that male perspective. Because you know, you know he's about to cut up. You know right. <laughs> he's about to do the most. And he's about to be real with it, though. You know, so... Yeah. This is a follow-up to the other lingerie conversation we just had, which was an amazing conversation. Absolutely. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um it is the gray area of consent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so right, Shanice, got a nigga on the line. Okay. Yeah. So I think this is gonna be a really interesting conversation. As we always say, we like to have whole conversations, like to have real conversations. So I hope that's what y'all get out of this one. But Shanice, since this was off the heels of your last, what was this? The third or fourth installment of lingerie conversations? Oh yes, number four. Oh. Number four. Yes, it is honey. rolling. Okay, so tell us. Four. Tell us. You know what they say. Oh, right, you know that you you the numerology queen, Tanisha. You know what they say. <laughs> oh. Yes. Um, so give us a little bit of how you introduce that conversation into the space. I mean, so I have like a whole formula to what I do, right? Like I like to start off with a light question, but more, but still in the lines of a reflective question. Mm -hmm. So I like for us to like think back to our childhood or just young womanhood of like, in terms of our sexuality, right? So I remember mm -hmm. starting off the conversation around like, what was something either your mom or women in your tribe or your community told you coming up that was false, right? Yeah, yeah. You're a myth, but it, it, it shaped your perception of sex, right? And it typically starts off real life, right? Like a lot of us talked about, you know, some of our mamas told us how head was like a nasty, bad thing, even though these mm -hmm. bitches got your fucking dick too. Um, <laughs> But so typically it starts off light, but then I like to go into like a deeper dive conversation where we typically get real raw and real, which led into the gray area of, con of consent, consent yeah. which I got from watching the episode of Red Table Talk, right? Like, I don't know if y'all went back and watched that whole episode, but just listening to Amber Rose's story, and I keep forgetting Bruce Willis and Demi Moore's daughter name. So, girl, Rumor. 
name? Rumor. Oh, I'm about to say Rebel. Yeah, huh? My bad, girl. Rebel, Rumor, you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I, I, I can connect to their stories. <laughs> thing um but y'all shit all right, exactly. shit. I call it reparations. Y'all, y'all couldn't see us but we was definitely like oh well right. <laughs> <laughs> mean no shade no tea I'm downstairs right oh, the fuck okay this ain't about her um <laughs> but yes yes so yeah so just, off, okay. oh. go ahead off that red table talk, I remember they were talking about a situation that Jada's mother entered into her husband with her husband at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And um, how she didn't really get into details, but how basically that sexual encounter wasn't wasn't um, consensual, um, and mm-hmm. then that led into rumor going into some of her experiences and how she was met with the response of don't put yourself in that situation Mm -hmm. right so I don't I don't know when I heard that especially in in the terms of gray area consent it just really triggered me in a big way of we don't the thing about perpetuating things like rape culture is that you you neglect the fact that rape is essentially a choice, right? That the other person doesn't ask for it. (laughs) Like, I didn't ask to put myself in a certain situation for someone to take advantage and act out on their own desires, regardless of what my willingness to participate or not. That's not something I asked for. That's not something I anticipated on putting myself in. And, And I think people can pretty much agree with that across the board I hope so at least so it just it just I'm very cognizant of telling people right we say women but I'm I'm gonna say people of putting themselves in situations and negating the fact that they didn't act to put themselves in that situation Mm -hmm. and we hear about that all the time when when we talk about statistics and rape that nine times out of ten your assaulter the person who assaulted you is is someone that you know someone Mm -hmm. that's close to you right so you don't necessarily enter situations, especially with someone that you're comfortable with, thinking that you're going to be assaulted. So that was my first kind of emotional reaction when I heard that. That ties into the Amber comment also of the well, that discussion um, with Red Run, where he's like, dress how you want to be addressed. Right. He's like, well, no, if I really want to wear a short skirt and be out with my girls, I'm there doing it for me because I want to feel sexy because I want right. to enjoy myself. That's not putting myself in a situation saying, hey, I'm easy or I'm loose. And those were right. her exact words. Um, the I situation put that, I put myself in was to have fun with my fucking girls and look exactly. cute. I don't understand. <laughs> like, exactly. I don't get it. So. Yeah. No, like Jada's mom, well, she has a whole name. Adrian, right? I think that's her name. When she said that, I'm like, ma'am, even after going through the trauma that you went to, went through and you still could fix your mouth to say, well, why put yourself in a situation like that to be taken advantage of? And I feel like when we say things like that, it takes the ownership off of the other person. Therefore, not like you're taking the opportunity to hold that person accountable, Mm -hmm. essentially. And it's like, well, why would you do that? I could tell you in all the areas where I felt, you know, uncomfortable 
or taken advantage of it was with niggas who I was fucking with like that yeah. and I felt comfortable with them and I didn't know it was going to go left like that and so when we say shit like well why would you put yourself in that situation that's what creates the guilt and the mm-hmm. shame and it's mm-hmm. like well oh but what did I do besides just to show be up there right, right. <laughs> like, I didn't do anything to be preyed on and it's funny like I just listened to this podcast I think it's called the black balance girl black balance girl and she had like a sex positive preacher on there which I'm like hell yeah I'm like bitch I connect with you but <laughs> even she echoed what I said in our last conversation like it don't matter if you walking down the street butt ass naked or fully right. covered like that's not going to prevent An invitation like, you be fully covered that's not going to prevent somebody from abusing you so if a muslim woman is covered mm-hmm. head to toe are you still gonna fix your mouth to say well why would you put yourself in a situation to be taken advantage by a man mm-hmm. like you know they <laughs> they be turned on by your eyes right. girl like you should have known you should just close your eyes and not even blink just walk long. blind right, right. Like, <laughs> at what point are we going to put the ownership and accountability mm-hmm. on the aggressor right on the predator so mm-hmm. i feel like there's still a lot of work that needs to be done so i thought that was really interesting like for her to go through a situation where she was raped and I'm like, but you still gonna tell this woman, and not even her woman, but like the all the women at the table were like, I don't understand why y'all felt like y'all didn't feel comfortable enough to say no or this that. And right. I'm like, this, this, you should have kept that same energy with your Ooh. husband, right? I was about to say that 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 say no thing. Like, why didn't you just say no? Ooh, that was a trigger. Right. And, and, I, and I'm not blame, and I'm not like, you know, trying to like diminish her, right? right? Or like, you know, come at her sideways. But I'm just saying, like, you can come at them, keep that same energy. Like you'll feel some type of way if somebody said that about you and your trauma. Right. right. So don't do that to these women, even though the situations may look different. It's still the same. They were taken advantage of. They were abused. They were traumatized. That girl was traumatized at 15. She's mm-hmm. about our age and she still carries that shit, right? right. So. And I think in that that sentiment of just say no, right? Another part of that conversation that's missing is the power dynamics, right? Like I, there are a lot of things that go into that. Speaking from experience, you know, you freeze up, you don't know how to react, you don't know what that reaction is going to be, but most, well, I'm not going to say most importantly, I think a very important factor is is the power dynamic. When we're talking about people who are in positions of power, even perceived power, right? Because in some situations, perception is reality, right? Mm-hmm. Especially to, to our earlier conversations about how you are socialized around sex. So imagine that you have a person who most likely didn't grow up having that sense of agency around sex in the first place to grow up and have to learn to navigate a world and get and 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 finds themselves in a situation where you are with someone who you who has this perceived influence over you right it, it's probably not that easy when you already don't have a sense of agency to step up and 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 defend yourself that way right so I don't know and I mean Elijah you've been kind of quiet but I am interested in in just what you've kind of heard like what are some of your initial emotional reactions or thoughts you know from a male perspective and not saying that you speak for all men you know what I'm saying right right. (laughs) no I'll just say 
hearing that discussion, the things that made me think that that came up, what always comes up in this conversation is the first thing I would think of is the need for us to have comprehensive sex education, right? Like mm-hmm. when we talk about like for for both sides and like in terms of like nuances of those sex education. And what I mean by that is like what I heard from that was sexual desires, right? Like not me not being taught to control my sexual desires. It's up to you. It's up mm-hmm. to you to behave in a certain way, which wouldn't trigger my sexual mm-hmm. desire. So there's no, it was about that piece you were saying earlier, Shanice, around accountability. It's not about you teaching me to control my sexual desires. It's about you suppressing other folks who may trigger my sexual desires and not having that conversation around it. And then there's that second thing around like ownership and entitlement that mm-hmm. says like that the dominant culture, we, we were, well, just in the sense of domination says that if you can, if you can take something, then it's yours. Right. Yeah. So it's like when you when you think about it in terms of just pure physicality, in terms of just from a pure biological, in terms of like pure biological makeup, then as men, we are more aggressive because of testosterone and therefore like muscle density. So it's like in theory, then that means that we could dominate you all at any given time that we want to, like from a physical standpoint. Right. Like mm-hmm. just just based off of just, you know, just off of, of biology. Right. So if we live in a society that what dominant culture gets to do just that dominate right in the in the ideologies that we live in which is white supremacy capitalism and patriarchy right how Mm -hmm. those merge in terms of like sexual relationships is that with women then it's not up to me to be held accountable for my actions like whether it's around consent whether it's around sexual desires whether it's around anything it's up to you it's your job to do that work it's right because you're the one that's suppressed so like that's how that how that's how that plays out like that's what i was just hearing like even in a situation like with the wife right like when in terms of like i own i can have sex with you whenever i want it's like that ain't how that work but there's the law that's you know that says like oh once you get married you're such such property or whatever the you know however that that plays out where folks will say well yeah you're married whatever your husband wants he should get but it's like mm, it don't really work like that like that's not how that works but technically it is right like it's a duty or whatever whatever you know whatever the stuff is but that's all that I was like hearing a lot of in terms of those conversations that don't have that don't happen right like on the on the end for like males where you don't have a conversation where it's like why is it that this woman wearing whatever this dress is is making you you know not respect her agency like now her agency is now gone because She's dressing what you what you deem to be provocative or what is triggering you like sexually. What about that? Like, don't you need to sit with and wrestle with like, okay, she looks very attractive, like, right? But that doesn't give me the right to do anything. It just simply acknowledges the fact that you look good. That's it. It doesn't give me the right to attack you or assault you or do any of these things, right? Simply because of the way that you're dressed because it's triggering something sexually for me, like, what does that mean, right? Because the same way that y'all, we we get triggered with our desires. Women are the same way. Y'all have desires. Yeah. Y'all get triggered with stuff. When y'all see a nigga walk around, but like y'all don't walk around and like immediately harass and, you know, do others like, oh, okay, you might acknowledge, you might say something, but it's not, you're not going to disrespect the agency. So I think it's a thing too, where it's like, also too, we're not really taught, you're not taught to view women all equally, right? There's a, there's a hierarchy, there's a hierarchy, mm. right? So because there's a hierarchy in terms of like how women are described to you, when women 
the way that women dress, that's the way that you put them in the hierarchy, right? Or the way that they talk or present it, like that's how you put them in the hierarchy, right? So the other things that are added to that is from this is the the sexual piece, right? Like that's how the numbers conversation becomes a thing. All the other things become a thing because all of those things are about putting you like in this hierarchy that we've been told about that. Well, I'll I'll talk. When I say the hierarchy, I'm I'm specifically talking about in the black community. I know that's a thing. I can't vouch for other communities. I know in the black community, that is a thing in terms of like marrying a good girl, the can't turn a horn to a housewife, you know, all the shit. So like, so there's an established hierarchy that you are told about in terms of like, oh, this is the type of girl you want to be with in terms of like other girls, like you ain't really got to take them seriously. You ain't really got to do none of this with them. Like you can just do whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you please, right? Because this ain't no, she's not the quote unquote good girl. She's not quote unquote wifey material. So therefore, because she doesn't fit those categories, I don't have to, I don't have to respect her. Right. That That's, makes me think of the conversation that we had. I think we had it on the last call where it was one dismantling toxic masculinity and then I think Tanisha you were speaking about how you know men as far as and Eli was just talking about it as far as having almost the right um to act on their own desires where it's Mm -hmm. like a sense of you know having that sense of agency like yes like you said we both really may have the same thoughts but it's that sense of you know to act on that entitlement yeah and how and Shanice has spoke about how that is even rooted in white supremacy so Mm -hmm. you know all of those things so yeah and then as that go ahead go ahead to meet you my bad no I was just saying as Elijah was talking it it triggered another response um conversation that we were having about um pick me culture yeah because everything that you were talking about that hierarchy you were talking about definitely internalized as pick me culture absolutely we have to sit up there and then it becomes the forefront of my mind don't say this don't act like that I'm not like that one over there Mm -hmm. and it reminds me of a post I saw like telling me I'm not like other girls isn't really a compliment you know what I'm saying like (laughs) I don't I don't need that that comparison like just kind of let people live in their own space and be who Mm -hmm. the they're going to be but the yeah, crazy thing as pick me culture right and the crazy thing about that is like even if you you if you subscribe to that it doesn't mean the treatment that you're going to receive from the man is going to be any better i would right. argue it's right gonna, i'm gonna argue it's going to be worse because you're going to you're dealing with someone who does not believe in accountability and you don't you're not in the space to hold them accountable so you're right. actually subjecting yourself to probably the worst behavior that you could ever possibly receive by doing what quote unquote you what you think should be yeah. well what he's telling you to do yeah, not right. hold him mm-hmm. accountable i was about to say blah, blah, blah. isn't that wrapped up in your own bounds like sense of your boundaries it's all about what that other person Absolutely. wants i'm glad we have elijah because when i watched that episode there were so many things i'm like damn i want to just like pick a man's brain well i want to <laughs> hear this shit from y'all perspective right yeah. like I feel like often when we talk about consent, it's always in like this black or white, like this dichotomy, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's always talked about in a sense of like a stranger or it was a rape situation. We don't ever talk about the gray area consent in our relationships, right? Our boyfriends mm-hmm. and our husbands. Like even when Adrienne talked about the situation with her husband, she was like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, it was. And then even Jada was like, well, why are you just shrugging it off? Like it wasn't a big deal. Like, I don't give a fuck you was your husband. Like if he raped you, he raped you. Like it is what it is. And we don't spend enough time like talking about, like I said, I've been in situations with guys who I were talking, I had feelings for. Mm -hmm. And I felt 
filthy and taken advantage of and abused as if he were a random ass nigga off the street. Right. And that's yeah. why like I even had a backup question at the laundry conversation series, but it was y'all know y'all were there. It was really like it was tense, right? So I yeah. didn't push it further. But my backup question was like, well, why did you feel obligated to go through? Is it because he was your nigga? You felt like, well, I mean, he's my nigga. He can't be abusing me right now, right? Like, right. right? But no, what I really wanted to hear from a male's perspective was they mentioned, Amber Rose said this, um, I'm paraphrasing, but she was like, niggas can sense if we're uncomfortable. They know. They know. Like, I'm sorry. So I have my as to why that like y'all could y'all not like I'm learning for myself. Okay, I'm speaking for Shanice Bird. I'm learning to not give y'all 100% benefit of the doubt, right? Like y'all not completely clueless. I may not Mm -hmm. be self-aware but y'all aren't completely clueless either. And I have a theory as to why y'all may sense there is some discomfort, but y'all would still go through with it. But I right. want to from a man, can y'all sense like we don't feel comfortable and you still go through with it? And if so, why do you go past that voice that's telling you like, dude? Check in. I don't Check think you right. see how we feeling. Yeah. Ignore that. So I'm really curious from Elijah, like, have you had experience or you know of somebody who had like, who's been in a situation where he felt over over comfortable but kept pursuing it anyway yeah so no nah, that's definitely a good piece um mm, yeah how'd i wanna well elijah why yeah you, you do you do know you do know like so you do know you do know like you can sense when somebody's uncomfortable like you can definitely like you can definitely tell i think in the terms of when you real recognize that the woman is uncomfortable in the situation and you're still proceeding, then that makes you think that like, okay, you came here for one thing and that was for you to get, you know, whatever, you know, get your whatever off. Right. So it doesn't matter the uncomfortability. You might think, Oh, she'll get more comfortable as we get into it, whatever, you know what I'm saying? But you know, you came here for whatever you came, you came there for the reason that you came for. So regardless of her comfortability, you was going to get, to what you want to get to right like I think that's that's the mindset when I hear those when I've heard those stories or when I've heard those situations where I'm like eh, right like because I've been in situations where like we was you know it was getting hot and heavy da, 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 and you know we was making out and it was about that and then it was like nah and you know like so you know you might look you look for a second like huh and she was like nah I was like all right so so I stopped but it's it's one of those things where I think you have to have a it's a it, it comes at that at that point it comes down to like a personal choice of whether yeah. you're gonna continue to go after what it is that you was going after in terms of like getting your nut or whatever it was entitlement to seek out that right? or, you know, or, right. or or are you gonna be like even in the heat of that moment gonna be like well. I know it was going this route and everything was cool, but she said, nah, so I mean, maybe we need to pump, like something, something ain't, everything ain't gonna go, like, right? Yeah. So it's like, let me, let me pump the brakes, right? So, I, but I think it's a, it's a thing that you have to be taught, but because we don't practice consent, 
like you were saying earlier, Shanice, on like a daily basis, where it's like it should be little, like you know, can I kiss you? Can I like you know? Mm-hmm. You should just ask these things all the time. You know, it sounds it sounds redundant, but what it is building is just that practice and that muscle of mm-hmm. use of like consent, right? Because there might be times where. 99 out of 100 times she might say yes but it might be one time where she's like no nah, i'm not and then a, right. then a conversation ensues or even if it's the less numbers are less than that like you know it's just something where it's like if we were in a society where we practice that or we build a culture where we practice like that consent then when it got to that other when it gets to that very in, intimate moment it wouldn't feel so uncomfortable it wouldn't yeah. feel so weird right like if we practiced when it was when it felt comfortable or like when we're leading up to it then it wouldn't feel so hard in the moment. Because, mm-hmm. like, I've been in situations, and like I said, my theory, where a nigga would just do it without mm-hmm. accent, right? And my theory is, like, you don't even want to go through, like, you don't want to risk having a chance of me saying no, so you just want to do it. Like, oh, well, I, I did it. Like, like, there's Feel a sense of entitlement right like mm-hmm. I want to do this so badly I don't want to risk being rejected so I'm just going to do it anyway mm-hmm. you like it or not like I got like I got what I wanted period and it's just fucked up because like I said these have been with niggas who I've had feelings for right like I shared this in a lot of the conversation series I mean shit at this point she gonna be public I ain't dropping that but like <laughs> to Elijah's point like Nine times out of ten, like I might be with some shit. I might be with the shits. Mm-hmm. But you might, I'm a cancer bitch. I'm moody. You might catch me <laughs> at one wrong day. No, I'm not with right. this right now, right? Like, so I told y'all about a situation where I was with a guy and he like right when he was about to buzz, he was like, open your mouth. And he and I was like, what? And he nutted in my mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Now. I would say this, like, I swallow, I do all that, right? Like, I'm about that life, I'm with the shit. But in that moment, I wasn't in that space. Right. In that moment, I felt dirty, and I felt taking it. I I just, it didn't feel right, right? And I didn't feel comfortable. And rather than him just asking me, like, you know, can I, it would have just, being so much better. Maybe I've been like, nah, but you can bust here right. or else, but you just forced that shit on me and it made yeah. me comfortable. First of all, like I said, maybe if it was another night, I would have been in a different space, but you didn't at, we didn't check in with each other and we weren't at a place where we knew each other enough to like pick up on those cues where we can read each other's body language and tone and all mm-hmm. of that for you to know like, okay, she or she, she about this, right, right. Yeah. So I'm just like, can we normalize like acts every step of the fucking way? It does not have to be. Yeah. It can be sexy as fuck. Like, right. And I was about to say, I can attest to both of these, right? And the reason I guess I got so excited is because I felt like I knew exactly what Shanice was about to say, because I've been in that very situation. Like since we just being vulnerable, that was like my first time when I was with my very first boyfriend and I was young, I was like 13 um, and all that shit leading up to it. As, I guess as you could do when you're 13 he would um but he was actually like 16 so you know and I feel that that maybe that had something to do with it because as we're going everything's cool and he, I know Elijah's like yeah but <laughs> I mean still the fact the point of the matter was even though I was saying something and I did like in retrospect 
that was young as fuck, but I was very comfortable with him. I was in love with him. That's that's cool. If this is what it's going to be, I'm fine with it. But he sensed that, okay, maybe not. And for his own protection, because I saw a little reaction in Elijah, like, you know what I'm saying? Maybe he, but the fact of the matter was he made that choice, right? He did the check-in and he mm-hmm. made that choice. And he was like, yeah, she's saying this, but I'm sensing something else. And that was just that. And we moved on with our little night that we probably shouldn't have had. But (laughs) the fact of the matter is, I I can attest to both. I know that y'all can sense it because I've had someone sense it before. And, um, you know, I think it just goes back to that, what we keep saying about choice. That's the the thing that we always keep hearing because that's the truth. It is a choice. It is a point decision. And that was my other point. I've had people who check in and they've done it in a very sexy way. Didn't interrupt the flow. None of that. You know what I'm saying? Right, you like when I do this right here. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Like, go ahead. Can I, can I take these off real quick? Yeah. I, can I do, yeah. The There's a way. There's a way. You know what moral, I'm saying? Moral of the story, fellas, always ask where the bus at. You just got to end the bus. <laughs> oh, I mean, I just check right. in. Just check in. Yeah. It is definitely yeah. a way It makes to the it. experience better for both of us, you know, because mm-hmm. you like to Shanice's point. You may not know. I, uh, I bet you may be down for something you ain't even aware of. I'm, you know I'm, what I'm, I'm saying? I'm not gonna lie. That shit do be fire. Like when you ask and then she says some shit, you be like, where? Well, that how shit? about here though? <laughs> right. Like you don't even know what, what I'm about to say. It's just Ooh, the fact that you're building lit. that trust. You're building that that exactly. that builds up the intensity in my in my opinion. You're built. You have the respect and accountability for yourself to check in with me. Ooh, child, where? Ooh, like, right. what? what the and that's I, exactly I, I what I was getting shit. ready to say. Thank you. That's exactly what I was getting ready to say. It might get you some new shit. <laughs> you never right. know. You gotta gotta talk, fellas. Instead of leaving her in trauma. I think that's a really big point, though, Elijah. I feel like you said it in jest, but you got to talk, like, Mm -hmm. to figure out what y'all want. Like Shanice was saying, figure out each other's moods, like, the the ends and flows and all that type of shit, but also to build that rapport. And that takes time. That takes, you know, that takes time. That takes, you know, learning each other and being able to communicate with each other. But when you ask those questions, fellas, you're going to tell you your two favorite words. It's yours. <laughs> so I'm kind of wondering. Saying that shit, nigga. Hold up, flag on the fucking play. It ain't yours, nigga. It ain't. It's mine. Okay. But she's allowing you. I'm allowing you boundaries. right? Okay. Yeah. But all of this just resonates, and what another big topic of conversation was was dispelling myths, and and. Mm-hmm getting to like true narratives around sex right like you have to have these types of conversations so mm-hmm. I mean I don't I, I guess I don't know any other way to kind of like ask it Elijah so I hope Just I hope you can it. yeah so like do y'all do y'all have these types of conversations like I didn't want to have like such a big blanket broad thing because I feel like every time we have these conversations with men I'm always talking to the fucking unicorn right like <laughs> oh but that's not me but that's your fucking uncle that's your fucking father that's your goddamn be- that's your best friend that's the homie that's everybody right around you mm-hmm. so I mean are these conversations happening what in like 
what conversations? What are you asking, like, in particular? So kind of cha- exactly what you just said, talking about choice points and those types of things. Are men having these conversations with men? And honestly, what's sparking this thought takes me back to our first lingerie conversation series when we were talking, or follow-up, when we were talking about that post, right? When they were like, um, it was this dude on Facebook, and he was like, unfriend me if you believe this. And the post was, Black men are... Like they were equating black men to the white men of like people of gender. That's Mm -hmm. what it was. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I guess my whole thing is like, are, are you guys having these types of conversations? Because just like we tell white people, y'all got to do some of this work. This is a problem that patriarchy created. So what the fuck are y'all going to do about it? It's the, so it's in that same vein, right? Like, are there groups where it's like, are there men's like, in my friend groups that we have conversations about it? Absolutely. Is it is it the norm? No, because of privilege, right? Privilege mm-hmm. means you don't have to have that conversation and you put the onus on those who are oppressed, right? Like you just said, well, white people like, we know like all the time, white people, I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to talk about race. Well, you, you tell me, can you teach me? And, and the same thing when it comes to talking about sex, patriarchy, right? Like, but it's even, it's almost even, it's worse in a sense because niggas actually don't want to hear you talk about it. And if you talk about it, niggas discredit you for talking about it. So it's, so it's actually kind of a little different. It's actually kind of different because mm-hmm. patriarchy as a black man is the only thing that gives you actual like privilege. Mm-hmm. You, just, you know, I'm not white, you know, even with the money thing, like it, it ebbs and flows. Really, you don't really get a lot of influence as much as you get as much as you get notoriety is mm-hmm. you don't really have influence i would argue even when you have kept but 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 patriarchy is something that you can tap into right like you can tap into the patriarchy piece right like the the the, the domination right that mm-hmm. that oppression you can tap into that like you can get along with other white boys around that shit right like you just y'all talking trash about women like you can get y'all can keep right you know what i'm saying like doesn't matter if she black or white you can be man you know such and like yeah bro yeah right because it's a it's more of like a group culture, right? Like niggas ain't really, to be honest with you, aren't really that competitive unless you make it like a game, then niggas get competitive. But like, I'll, cause I always make the joke that women are competitive at life, niggas are competitive with games. So it's a different, it's a totally different, <laughs> a different thing, right? Like, but, but no, so it's like, are those conversations being had? Yes. Are they being had enough? No, they're not. They're not being had enough or in the ways that they are being had, it's more so of victim blaming, right? Like how white people do the whole like, well, if y'all just did this or y'all just did that, like those are the conversations, right? Like, right. Where they, you blame them like, well, you know, if she wouldn't have been doing this and doing it, cause you know, some of them, some of them, right. You know what I'm saying? Cause they'll take one. Cause that's when you're the dominant culture, you only need one story for it to be the, you know, the norm. The norm. Dominant narrative. Everybody, yeah, dominant right? Narrative. You knew one girl who lied about rape, so all <laughs> them be lying about it. But it's like, hey, it actually, in actuality, it's probably the actual complete opposite. Like, out of 99, out of 100 women, one out of that 100 might lie about it. The 99 of them aren't lying. So it's like, what are we talking about? So, but yeah, so it's, 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 it's that. It's that same theory. Like, so yeah, the conversations happen not as enough as they should be um 
I try to do my best to hold my friends accountable. My friends hold me accountable. Like we have these, we have these type of conversations when these different things like pop up when we see them in the news. I mean, because it's a good way to kind of check to see like where your friends are at. Because also in another thing, like it was something that I remember hearing about. Um, I remember like being older. Well, like well, me older. Like back in college, I didn't realize how like bad rape culture really was like at, at our at our school like where we went to school at um until i got out of college and but now when i look back and i reflect on it there were a lot of things where like they never like a lot of them never told me but it was a it was the way how visceral some of them reactions would be when we would be around like certain and that like i would look i'd be you know I don't know the situation. So, you know, you just talking to like, oh, they might have, they must have messed around, you know, da, 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 da. you know, you heard they messed around. So, you know, you don't know the story, but it wasn't until like afterwards and then I would hear the stories and then like certain names would pop up and you'd be like, damn, like I wasn't really cool with bro, but I knew bro. Like I knew bro from around, like we had a class together or something or like, you know, like I knew bro through like another friend or something. So it was like, I said, we was cordial, but it was like, damn, this whole time, like this man was a monster. Like, mm -hmm monster out here and it was like like where was i at where were we at in terms of like what does that accountability look like even if the niggas ain't really that cool so it's like to to your point of like how do we build that culture up where it's like if we do hear about it so there is some harm what is the conversation that needs to be had where it's like i don't believe in throwing away people right uh mm -hmm. like that's not my thing but i do think i do think in order for someone to, when someone has done harm to a community, I do think there needs to be a process so that the person who's been harmed is made whole. But I think there needs to be another re-entry process to the person who's made harm in the community so that they know that this isn't acceptable and this is not how we behave yeah. in this community, right? Like, I think I think it has to be more of that. Like, it can't just be like, a, oh, you know, this person's, can't, you know, I don't necessarily yeah. believe in canceling. And, and I understand that having this mindset, like it gets, it gets very slippery when we start talking about things around like rape or like murder. It's like people like that, like who've done these things where it's like, nah, this person's just a complete monster. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I'm not debating that the act that they did was not a monstrous act because that's not what I'm saying. Does that act alone make them a monster? And if it does, then what is, what are the things in terms of like, we need to do in our community more to make sure we try to weed out this type of behavior, right? Where folks don't think this is acceptable, where we don't like, nah, uh, -uh that's not what we, no, no, like where there is some type of accountability. And I don't know what that looks like. And I don't know what that, what that conversation is. And, may, and that's maybe like one of the things that we need to talk about, but in the same token, I believe in also that same token of holding that person accountable. If you rape somebody, bro, like that's the thing we're gonna hold you accountable for. Like, don't be all in your like, nah, like what you did was was wrong. We're gonna hold you accountable for it. But how do we bring this back in the bring this person back in the community without them having like a almost like a scarlet letter? It's like when you go to jail. You know, like when you go to jail, like once you come out of jail, you forever have felon on you, what no matter what, right? Like people treat you like it, your rights are taken away and things like that. So I guess, I don't know. I just I always just want the, for us to come up with our own way in terms of like how to deal with this issue, like from a black perspective, because I think with white methodology, 
it teaches us white methodologies is about dominance and you know compliance right like you have to you got to be dominating you got to comply to whatever it is that the thing is and if you're not with it and you're against it and you're the wrong right zero sum either or nuance Mm -hmm. of understanding right it's very either or but that's because that's how domination works polarization like that's the way that they operate but i think within black like when we when it's black folks and it's something that we've done and i can always tell we've done it it's very nuanced like yes it'll get to the it'll answer the question but it's like yeah it's layer it's more it's not just it's just not this surface level like okay this is a thing but this and that like the other factors are like are added up so I think yeah just to kind of wrap up the conversation like me going off but (laughs) (laughs) necessary though no I mean what you're saying resonates a little bit in the fact that I always feel like we can't like we always talk about having conversations and discussing the pathology of things blah 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 blah, which is very important and and you know crucial to to that healing and that narrative shift we were talking about that accountability piece we were talking about um but I also I always have this sentiment like you can't you can't encourage that without creating the environment to nurture that. And I think that has mm-hmm. to do a lot with healing, at least from my perspective, especially around men and how they're sexualized. Um, and this, again, this isn't, because I feel like I have to put in the space, this isn't to to take accountability off of you guys. But I do feel that there is a, a, a huge healing that you guys need to do around how you guys are sexualized around around sex I know you guys have your own types of traumas and things like that that happen that um you know feed some of your choices so I do think that in having these conversations we always do have to remember that when people are open enough to to be vulnerable with you guys like you gotta like create that environment for that to continue right so, I mean, a, a little bit of what you were saying definitely does resonate in that sense. When I heard that, what it made me think of was how, like, as men, we're not allowed to be complex. Like, there's this whole mm-hmm. thing around, like, men being simple and, you know, women are complex, you know, mm-hmm. like, this whole mm-hmm. thing that where it doesn't allow what you're talking about, right? So, therefore, if I'm simple, then there's very rigid, there's a, there's a rigidness to it in terms of, like, who I need to be, how I need to perform, how I need to show up, how I need to act right mm-hmm. that is supposed to be enforced not only by folks that look like me but also folks that don't look like me right so even in the same token that internalized patriarchy where women will also say the same thing right like because they agree like if you bought into it then it's like everybody's telling you like okay you can't be complex but it's like human beings are very complex individuals so if you're telling mm-hmm. somebody that they aren't complex if you're telling somebody the need to if you're trying to tell somebody there's a difference between like rationale and emotion that like those things do, still don't have like some type of connection, like it's crazy, right? Like mm-hmm. when you tell somebody, you know, like emotions don't matter, then also what you're doing in the sense is giving them emotional privilege and allowing mm-hmm. them to be emotionally lazy, right? Mm-hmm. If you tell them that emotions don't matter, then it's not something that's a priority. It's not something I have to focus on. And if it's not something I have to focus on, then it's not something it's not a skill set that I'm going to develop. It's not a skill set I'm going to develop, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it was kind of back to, like, our earlier conversation where it's like, okay, if you've never been taught how to be in a relationship with a woman, but you've got all this hierarchy and all these things about the type of woman that you need to meet and, you know, all that, whatever, but you've never actually practiced on, like, how to be with her, then once you're with her, it's not going to be, you know, 
it's not going to a lot of times unless you put in the unless you put in the work it's not going to work out it's not going to work out because none of the tools it's not been it's not actually been set up for success in terms of emotional satisfaction and people's needs being met right it's not that's not because that's not what it's designed to do that's not the way we're designed to function because most of us aren't it's not something that we have to deal with like there's that emotional privilege that comes with being a man like that how we're socialized where it's like you ain't got to worry about feelings that's what other that's what women deal with them women deal with emotion you ain't got to deal with that for mm-hmm. real like unless you're dealing with all niggas yeah i guess that works yeah. but it's like but we're not though yeah we so, spoke about that about the need for emotional intelligence and having that emotional intelligence and you know it is some accountability that's needed on one the person you know whoever you're with have, making it a priority you know mm-hmm. to have that conversation to have that space because i'm and i'm i can admit that i've been that person where i'm like Feelings are like, that's just too much. You doing too much. Like, I don't have time. It, it, it's emotional energy going into that. Emotions make you weak. Like it was just, I was raised that way. I'm the only daughter child, and I'm the oldest around all boys. It was uh, emotions were always associated with weakness. I'm gonna just be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And I can be honest to say that I also perpetuated that and, you know, projected rather that on my partners and making it seem like anytime, because my partners have always been more emotional, at least in my opinion. And that was because I had a lack of emotional intelligence really with myself and being able to be you know put myself in that space to be I don't even know I don't want to say compassionate like I've been a compassionate person but to really be one with my feelings and sit with it and understand I did not know how to communicate that effectively um and you know I I guess I would be a unicorn in the situation where it was typically the male that had a higher emotional intelligence than me who had to kind of bring me into that space like crying around I'm like what are you crying for this is weak you know but I had to learn you know through my friends and through people right through a right and and, and, and the cancer Get yourself a cancer friend, child. Okay, that's all you get need. Yourself cancer. Get like yourself you a cancer friend, and they will tell you. They will get you all whoopy and cryy and emotional and one with your feelings. But it was necessary. I mean, <laughs> look at Elijah. Y'all aren't angels. Hold up now. Hold up now. And I know. Hey, you can definitely use those powers for good. Yeah, 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 for sure. But it's it's definitely a need. Um, to establish that because it helps with your communication and able to have that compassion for your partner and others beyond that, beyond your friends, being able to yeah. sympathize and, you know, have those check-ins. I think all that ties into having the emotional intelligence to be compassionate for somebody else, period. All I could think about as I was listening to you speak, Elijah, just goes back to touch points. So basically, or choice points rather, basically men, have to make the decision to not be emotionally lazy yeah and yeah. it's and it's and and, and i've you know i'm not sitting here perfect like there's definitely times where i'm definitely that right mm-hmm. i'm definitely emotionally lazy times like yeah we need to hold y'all accountable though right like yeah. we need to stop with the tiptoeing and walking on eggshells and be like mm-hmm. no fuck that dead to that shit like definitely mm-hmm. yeah and i felt because we talked Y'all can fucking handle it. Like me and my best friend over here, we talk about this all the time. Like my most pivotal moments in my own personal growth was when people gave it to me straight. Yeah, mm-hmm. held me accountable. It's like I love how Dr. Dorothy Irene Hyde, the late great queen, put it in her book, Living with Purpose. She said how she described Eleanor Roosevelt 
but she was like, she was the iron fist in a velvet glove, right? Mm. Mm. Gave that shit to you straight, but she gave it to you with love and compassion. That's how we need to treat our black men in order to give them space to actually evolve. Stop coddling these niggas. Stop mm, acting yeah. like they are fully incapable of growing and developing and like they're so helpless. Like, no, we have to play our part in holding y'all accountable and y'all need to step the fuck up and do y'all job too because we put in the work every day. Mm-hmm. Okay? This shit don't she better preach. She better right? <laughs> Say a lot for the people in the back, Miss Bird. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm saying this for the niggas that's tipping out before the benediction. Well, okay, yes. Get them, get them. <laughs> <laughs> so natural. I put in yeah. work every fucking day. You can do it too. Exactly. We have to unlearn just like we're unlearning bad habits and things that have been perpetuating right. us by our parents, by you know, mm-hmm. history in general. Mm-hmm. It is it, it is not okay just to say, oh, that's just how men are. Men are just that's just what men do. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, that's what they've been doing. However, we can hold them accountable and that there are some things that can be unlearned you know, as well. And there's an intelligence that we need to hold them accountable for. We can be held, hold ourselves accountable for building that emotional yeah. intelligence and talking to each other. We are in this together. Okay. We hurting each other if we don't. And that's definitely. Don't, if you don't check, thing. they will finesse. Nope. The <laughs> and thank you for saying that. <laughs> I mean, it just thank goes with anything. Like, yes. with anything. Like, it's once you realize what the rules are, and like, if somebody's not really like, enforcing like, all right these are the rules but it's like all right i broke the rule you ain't say nothing yeah it's a gray area right like you, it you remains like, a gray all right, area. i'm gonna finesse this like all right bet all right i got this like i know what time it is yeah and that's yeah. what i was about to say we definitely talked about having whole conversations and how we need to also learn to so, to put some boundaries around ourselves and around mm-hmm. our giving and around our loving mm-hmm. some of that you know, we talking about accountability that's that's something that we need to be accountable for too like you know it's you 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 wish it would be different but ultimately you know like I feel like we've all had an experience that's shown us niggas are going to treat you how the fuck you allow them to be treated so that's another part of that conversation holding ourselves fucking accountable but I do I don't know because that's what I was about to say we talked about it on the last conversation like I, I feel that that's happening at such a, 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 a faster rate like like I remember at that when we had our little post kiki like saying I feel like we're at this level and and it's like niggas get right there and they just won't cross that goddamn line to to meet us there i don't there's so much context and nuance to that yeah in some ways and women please do not like my ass up in some ways we are more privileged than men Mm-hmm. because we have the space to be like, emotional yeah. with me for a second mm-hmm. because we were allowed to develop our emotional intelligence at an earlier age yeah so yeah like community earlier than our boys right like if we're a little girl we're coddled we fall down and cry we're oh it's gonna be okay we're comforted we're handed the lollipop and going about our merry way if Elijah fall down mm-hmm. and cry that shit up boys, boys don't cry, cry. Yep. Like, y'all aren't get, and I'm generally speaking right that's not always the case like I know there are black men mm-hmm. who had the space to feel their fucking emotions Elijah mm-hmm. you have 
had this conversation. You know, we talked about how uh, me and you were on opposite ends of the uh, of the coin, right? Like your parents, they gave you the space to feel your shit and great kudos to your parents for God's work. That wasn't the case for a lot of our black boys. Mm-hmm. I can relate to a lot of our black men because I wasn't one of those little girls who had the space and opportunity to feel her emotion and just have an emotion, period. Yeah. We cried in my house. I was like, what the fuck you crying? But like, I was shut down. So in that, I can relate to a lot of our black men because mm-hmm. like, okay, I get it. If you weren't, if you were like me, you weren't given the space and opportunity to cry or just have any emotion, period. Or yeah. the language to express your emotion. So a lot of our black men have been stifled for so long because they yeah. weren't how to express their emotions to be able to develop that emotional intelligence at an early age so that's one factor another factor what i mentioned a moment ago a lot of our asses are coddling these black men and oh we got to do so much for our black men and we coddled we and and just enabled the fuck out of y'all because we act like y'all are fully incapable of doing shit on your own and you can't do it so we just stand and we break y'all fall every fucking time and we stand in front of it and, and catch all the bullets to prevent and protect you because you're so fucking helpless and that's enabling you from growing as well and that's at our own detriment as black women and that's why I'm very passionate about like black men know you can change you can develop this shit because when I was younger, I was just like a lot of y'all. I ain't have the space to fucking cry. I ain't have mm-hmm. the space to be fucking vulnerable. I mm-hmm. had so-called strong and be tough and shit. And I was the baby in the house. Can you imagine how that fucking impacted my psyche? Being the youngest in the house. And yet I had to have this demeanor like I was a grown-ass fucking man in that house. And I had no chance to cry. But I've been able to overcome that and learn this shit at this age. You can do that shit too. Because nobody fucking enabled me. I had OGs that gave it to me straight, no chaser. And I'm going to give it to y'all just as raw and real. So I say all that to say is there's so many factors as to why we're progressing. Yeah. Yeah. Is because one, at an earlier age, they're not given the opportunity to develop their emotional intelligence. And when they do get older, we're protecting them so much. Oh, they can't do, oh, we got to do the emotional labor for them because Mm -hmm. woe is them. They can't do it. So we're Mm -hmm. putting in the work for ourselves and them and we're self-sacrificing ourselves Mm -hmm. in the name of our black men. And then we got to cut that shit out. And no, I'm not putting all the blame on our black women because it's not all on us. But I just want to name that shit because I'm really big on like, let's put that shit out there on the table so that we can heal and grow and thrive as a fucking community. That's it. Yeah. Yes to all of of that. I was, when you were saying that actually what actually came to mind, I would actually argue that the way the patriarchy works is that and, and the way that white supremacy works is that actually I would argue most black girls weren't given that space. I would argue it's probably on average that most black girls grew up exactly like most black girls I knew. No, they weren't actually, they weren't really coddled. They weren't really coddled. Mm-hmm. I think the difference is, is the part you were talking about was the transition. Once a, once a woman got a certain age, it was on her to do her own emotional labor. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it, there's no, there's no switch with men, right? I think there's the difference where you were like, mm-hmm. so I think, what happens is you're at, at a certain age, you are told to do your emotional labor and other folks' emotional labor. By other folks, mm-hmm. I mean black men, mm-hmm. right? 
but you also weren't you also didn't grow up in a space where you were able to grow emotionally you know but the onus is put on you once you reach a certain age for you to do the emotional labor for not only yourself but for the whole like black community right and yeah, i think man. and i think the thing that i heard you say was like you had ogs who encouraged you to do the emotional labor or like or helped you with the emotional labor there's also like that in the black community in terms of black men what we got to do better in terms of encouraging black men to do the emotional labor like bro if you got mental health like there like i have a therapist i'm a big advocate of therapy like bro go to therapy like that like i learn something new every time i lead her like dang like even when i think i need it like i'll go and then be like dang i definitely needed that it helps with that like all of those different things like learning and just getting used to like getting to really know yourself right like that's what i tell so i always ask like you know like tell me about yourself don't tell me what you do don't tell me what you like just tell me like you and like you know you'd be surprised how many don't get asked those questions like just asking those questions to get to know thyself right like to thy own self be true like you gotta you know a lot a big part of this life is is self-exploration if you don't know yourself right if you can't love yourself how are you gonna love somebody else? How are you gonna trust somebody else? How are you gonna love somebody so, else? Exactly. So you gotta do that. You gotta do that self-work. But mm-hmm. yeah, so like, yeah, so that's what that's what I actually when you were saying that whole spiritual needs, that's what I was saying. Like, damn, that's actually how patriarchy shows up again, where actually and and race shows up specifically in the black community where neither one of us are given the space really as kids to to really have a range of emotions right because a lot of black and i'll speak for like where i'm from you know working class a lot of black women that came from other working class families like their parents didn't let them cry and be like they had to be tough like i think about like most of the fights and most of the it was it was girls it was the black women like mm-hmm. high school like they didn't play the fucking radio like what what you said it's on like it was always so it was like no nah, i know that y'all didn't get that that space like i would argue that you didn't but you did you were held accountable for not for emotional labor in the same way that we are not like once we got like maybe teenagers and like older like where you had to do that work and if and i would argue if you didn't do that work like as a woman it probably it probably got really tough for you like super tough because you got to do somebody else work you are you ain't even done yours yet you got to do like that's that's exhausting that's so and to that point to that point I think that resonates with me because I think I was one of those people like I didn't have the space I didn't have OGs like Shanice even to hold me accountable because it was a very you know all of that I didn't have that space or that um education at least emotional intelligence or anyone to hold me accountable the first time was when I was in a relationship and that's why the first encounter I had with it I'm like this is wait what are you talking about what is this like what are you talking it's just too much I didn't even know how to handle it and that was my story you know for years just like it was they just too emotional they too emotional I just cut them off they're too emotional I had no it was I was somewhat being held accountable but I didn't even know how to receive that because I didn't to Elijah's point I hadn't even discovered it for myself to think that it was even important to think that it was a priority I just still associated it with weakness like what is this I don't know how to you know even hold myself accountable for it because it Mm -hmm. seems it just seems out of place but it took years you know to friends around again having folks around you tell it to you real and tell it to you straight it still takes inner work to understand like okay to be be able to even receive that message it takes some inner work Mm -hmm. so and I think it's a community thing like to Elijah's point like yeah I think I agree I think a lot of black girls you know 
that that was just our story. And I think it's within the black community of, mm-hmm. you know, just being those, we are emotional people essentially, but does it necessary as far as being passionate about certain things and, and actually having emotional intelligence, you know, and being able to communicate in an effective way to, you know, that are, that are, that is healthy for us. Like even therapy, just the stigma around mental health is just starting to become like, okay, this is important. This is something that's real. Mental health is not just for crazy people. You know, therapy is important. We black women are not the black men's therapist, psychiatrist, you know, uh, uh, massage therapist, mama, nurse, no chef, all of that. No, he needs to go to therapy. He needs to hire himself somebody. You know, like no, this is this is definitely on them. Essentially, it's it's inner work within both of us. But I do think it's a community based thing. And it's funny because as y'all were talking about about that transition. Yeah. All I saw was like that transition from from being raised by your mother to entering into your romantic relationship. Like yeah. you just go from one nurturing ass figure to another. <laughs> like yeah. so, you know, and we we don't have that. I mean, how we we talked about it before, how we're socialized around around romantic relationships too. It is almost expected. Like we <laughs> we're act like we're taught to cope for the shit instead of preparing exactly. like per, like preparing being right right exactly yeah. we're preparing exactly. ourselves for it. I don't I don't know if that makes any sense like I I'm I'm you you tell me to have mad money and a savings account and all this other stuff but you just in order to prepare for when I need to get divorced just in case but you just won't instill in me to be my own independent woman to exactly take regardless exactly like, and I don't, an expectation I don't that get it man, right yeah. exactly. so you cope you you teach us how to cope with the shit instead of how how to combat with the shit and I feel like that's a lot of the tension at least from our experience that we're feeling like I know when I've had converse this conversation with men before be like oh but y'all y'all just nag and you just this and you just that and all this other stuff and it's like but you're not you're not hearing what I always say and I will never forget my ex told me you you're like my mom nagging me to clean my room and I immediately told him, well, if you cleaned your fucking room, I wouldn't have shit to nag about. So it's just like, just, I don't, I don't understand it. Just do it. <laughs> like, just fucking do it. I don't know. It's... I'm sorry. As you can see, I'm kind of letting out some shit that has been internalized. You better get, girl. You better get. You better get, girl. Like, it, just, it just doesn't That's make sense. You know, my black food's ready, child. It just doesn't make sense to me. But no, I actually do think this is a good place to 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 break. Like, you know, at least from what I've received about it, definitely open communication, definitely holding each other account- accountable and, and having your own self-love and sense of self-worth and agency to set your own boundaries. Um, you know, and around as far as like the gray area consent, choice points, people like, and that's everybody, right? I'm a I'm a wrap up, but I said in the last conversation, I had to come to the realization that one time I was this person, right? Like I was the aggressor too. And I had to, and I think I, I talked it out with Imani actually, like, damn, as I was talking about my own personal experience, I've realized like, shit, I did that to old boy like last week. You know what I'm saying? And I had to, I had to apologize for that. So just holding yourself accountable and having choice and, and making those positive choice points and creating the space to for for us to nurture each other's healing and have these conversations in a real way. Yeah. yeah. Normalize it. Normalize it. 
normalizing emotional intelligence. I am a huge advocate of therapy. Okay. Huge advocate, mental health and being able to learn how to communicate. And, you know, to everyone's point, having a sense of, you know, understanding what you, what what boundaries you need to set for yourself, you know, what you, uh, what you are establishing as a priority and how you communicate and, you know, really understanding that your emotions are experiences. You know, it's not weak. (laughs) I found out that I'm a very emotional person. It just came out in anger in the past. You know, it's, it's about being able to focus it and making sure it's coming out in a healthy way that you're communicating. But I think that this space, um, and Shanice, I will thank you again for just creating that space mm-hmm. and that conversation. conversation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, again, and I will admit, I got very emotional on the last yeah. call, you know, just having that space, it showed me how important it is to, you know, for us, for us to be vulnerable, to have these conversations, to bring the male perspective in through the wonderful Eli, you know, and to have that male perspective and to ask these questions. You have started this, sis. You've started that. You've created that space to start to shift. Even if it's yes. small right now, as you said on our first conversation, it is bigger. You know it yes. is bigger. This is huge. Yes. And the fact that a cat cried, honey, should tell <laughs> you already. The fact that this cat right here cried on that last call and said some things that I haven't talked about. Okay. And again, going back to the importance of therapy and being able to heal and unlearn and unbuild all those, you know, traumas that we've experienced and whether it was some of our parents, friends having lack of their, of, you know, OGs to hold us accountable, whatever that is, it's all important to hold ourselves accountable. We're having this conversation and we thank you again (laughs) for creating it for us because it's necessary. You got one more motherfucking time. You he lie. Lie. Oh, you, I told you he gonna cut up, child. Right. You know he gonna cut up. You know he gonna cut up. All of Sister Imani and your ass over here with the shit. <laughs> 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 Once again, I appreciate y'all for having me. I mean, I thank y'all for creating this space, right? Like, I'm really big on specifically Black people. I mean, you know, I'm all about humanity, but Black folk. Yeah, name it, right? No, name it. Ain't no shame, ain't no shame. Shut up, Elijah. I'm really big on us healing, right? And a part of this naming our truth, right? Yeah. And I feel like the sentiment of this conversation is just like really know your worth, right? We both um a reason why a lot of women I'm included in that. So I'm not being self-righteous. I'm saying me for a lot of reason. Many times I did not speak up and use my agency because I did not know my work. Yeah. I felt like I got what I got because that's what I deserve. Right. And I know a lot of men, they may and not a lot. Nah, I ain't talking about the R. Kelly's and, and <laughs> Weinstein's of the world, but there are <laughs> unintentionally may come off aggressive or just do something but it's really their rejection because they don't know their words I I don't want to communicate what I really want what I desire because I fear what you may say in return so I'm like normalize and no I'm not like trying to trivialize a lot of the trauma that goes on our community I want to be clear about that 
but I do want us to like look deeper in the shit and not look at shit as a dichotomy in black and white because that's where the healing begins, right? And then we can start dismantling a lot of the shame. Like a lot of people look at themselves as fucking aggressors and predators. Like I know I was one, like, you know, Tanisha, you mentioned like, damn, I was one of them hoes that like put myself on me and I don't want you to feel shame, sis. That's why I said shout out to you a moment ago for acknowledging it being aware and addressing it and now I'm going to correct my behavior right mm -hmm. and I want us to normalize that shit so yeah. I for you thank me for having this space I thank you for creating this space like we can't have enough of them right like yeah. let's have more podcasts and lingerie conversations yeah, absolutely on the map because I mean it's our livelihood that's at stake right it's our future generations at stakes. Hopefully my nieces and nephews won't be having these conversations. It would just be known, right? Like, this on the shit. Oh, Eli always on the yeah. shit. We can't even cause we're gonna be like, I know y'all can't see us. We 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 can't Curve. Now, when you was all on your college, we was out here attentive and listening. Okay, listening. I'm not when a bitch is on her soapbox, y'all <laughs> ass over here making faces and shit. Don't and make no sense. Don't make no sense. But you know what? We're gonna do what, boo? We're gonna hold them accountable. Okay, we're gonna hold them accountable. <laughs> Holding your black cap. ass accountable. Cause black what you're not gonna do, okay? What you're not gonna do. Cap, cap. Shut up. Well, I got a cap around. I'm gonna bust one of your ass. You got. Oh, 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 you heard us. And okay? on that note, and on that note, I think we gonna wrap it on up, okay? As this bird and Take care of yourselves. I hope you guys enjoy the holiday. We know Thanksgiving is problematic as fuck, but we're going to let you live and, yeah, yeah. and enjoy your family and your food and, and the, the community and everything. Right? Yeah. Take care of yourselves. Love yourselves. And tune in next week. Tune in next week for our weekly roll up. Follow us on Instagram at Whilst We Roll. See you next Wednesday. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Whilst We Roll podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Whilst We Roll and tune into our page each Wednesday for the weekly roll up. <laughs>